It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, this is Mike. How are you? Hello, Mike. This is Kevin from Chemical Straight Jacket. How are you? I'm doing great, Kevin. How are you today? I'm doing great. Um, I'm, you, you are the big cheese, aren't you? Yeah, that's what they call me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice to meet you. Uh, you too. Listen, I mean, four years, three records, that's pretty impressive. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, I don't sleep much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really don't. Uh, chronic insomnia, so that's usually when I work on the songs. Well, I, I guess in a way for the fans, that's a good thing for you, probably not, but you know, it's an amazing output for a couple of years, and what's impressive is that if you go back to the first record, and then you look at the new one, The Dark Progression, I mean, you can see the band building from album to album, and it seems like you really caught a groove on this one, like this is what the band was meant to be, and who you meant to sound like. Well, that, I think that's an awesome uh, statement right there, because that's that's why we called it Dark Progression, because we, we knew as we were mixing this album, we are like, this is us, this is where we've, we've been headed, and now we're finally there. Yeah, I mean, can, when you're actually in the studio, I mean, you know, you work on all of these songs, you know, you go to the studio, you go to lay them down for the record, is there a feeling that you get yet where you say, wow, th- this is it, you know, this is what we're waiting for, this is it, it's all coming together, or is there always that struggle in the studio, trying to put it together to get to that point? I gotta be honest, on this album, it, it was uh, the, the first thing you said. It was that we felt like, like we just kept smiling. We're like, we're there. We found it. You know, like we got our sound, and you know, we have our producer who we worked with twice now, so we know how to work together. And yeah, just uh, on this album, on the, on the previous albums, yeah, on the debut, we didn't know what we were doing. Of course, uh, basically made it in my laundry room. Um, Wretched Things was where we learned a lot, but this one, yeah, a lot of, a lot of smiling, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a great record. You know, when people hear industrial music, you know, I mean, the actual industrial music, you know, revolution kind of goes back to the late 70s, early 80s. But back then, most people considered it dance or disco. You know, they were experimenting at the time with it. But it wasn't until, like, you know, maybe the early to mid-90s where it really exploded and became something onto itself. But 
there are so many genres that can be labeled inside of that one label. You know, whether it's, you know, and from industrial, you can go to electronica, you go to ambient, you go to metal, pop. I mean, everything is in there. I mean, is it a, is it a mixed blessing where you have so many things to choose from? Or is it kind of hard to nail it down to, like, we're this kind of band, but we want to also bring everything else into that fold? You know what, Mike? That's been our struggle from day one, to be honest with you. Um, I, you know, I'm the synth guy, so uh, Mike, my partner, he's the metal guy. He plays guitar, and I do all the synths. Um, we knew that, you know, technically what we were doing couldn't be called anything other than really industrial. Um, but you're right, like, especially modern industrial is mostly a guy on a laptop uh, playing dance beats. Yeah. And, you know, so when we, we were marketing ourselves in the beginning as industrial, we actually had people saying to us, you're not industrial. You know, you're way too rock and metal, so no one in the industrial crowd's going to like you. And then we had people in the rock crowd saying, oh, you're too digital. So we, we were like a band without a home, to be honest with you, just because industrial has changed so much over the years. I mean, when I started, yeah, okay, I'm older, so when I started listening to industrial, it was the late 80s, early 90s, and it was really inclusive. I mean, you had everything from ministry to, you know, thrill, kill, call, it didn't matter if it was disco or rock, or, and as long as it was mechanized and had that vibe, you know, then it was cool. Yeah, now we really don't know where we fit. <laughs> we kind of coined our own genre. We're calling ourselves outlaw industrial, um, yeah, which also jives with our uh, our visuals because I'm very into like Beckinpah films and uh, cowboy shit. So we we really don't know where we fit. And I tell you, with this last release with our progression, we are so thrilled to see how open-minded and welcoming the hard rock and metal community are. I mean, we're, we're really getting such a nice. Yeah, it's a, I mean, yeah, the, I think the fan base for old music has kind of changed a lot over the last decade, because if you go back to the 70s and 80s, just taking the rock scene, if you went to ACDC and you wanted to slay, you were, you were this, if you wanted to that band, you were this, you were, there were so many labels, but now I think people are more open to experimentation and hearing, like, what a band can do. I mean, good music is good music, no matter what you mix into it. Yeah, I agree, I agree, absolutely, so that's why also the, the change for us on this album that really made it. Uh, so exciting for us and uh, for us to realize, hey, yes, this is exactly what we wanted to do. Is we kind of said, screw it, we're not going to try to fit any mold. You know, if Mike comes up with a, a metal riff, we're going with it. And if I come up with a, a dance beat, we're going with it. And we just said, you know what, we don't fit any drummers as it is. Why try? Yeah. True, I think that's the best way of going about it. I mean, you remember we're playing a show, and you know, before you go on stage, looking at the crowd, saying, "I think these guys are looking for something different." <laughs> you know, we're going to have to win them over. <laughs> it's happened to us a few times, but then we've had, you know, we've had the opposite where we've played to a room, like when we played in Brooklyn at the Knitting Factory, and you know, most people obviously were there for the headlining band. We were direct support. But I'm looking around, and there had to be 20 or 30 people that knew every word. And and I was just like, oh my God, Like th th that's the best feeling in the world. Yeah, I also knew that I couldn't screw up, because they would know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll tell you, um, I, I'm really, really pleased with the rock and, and metal people. And when they come to our shows, they we win them over. You know, sometimes they look at us a little strange in the beginning, um, but, but by the end, they're like, ah, that's different, that was cool. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people are open to what they hear now. I mean, 
being that maybe hoping that this summer we're getting back into some live shows again and be able to go see bands live. I think people are just going to be clamoring to go out and see live music, and it'd be a great way to win over a bunch of new fans, too. Yeah, uh, we can't wait. We, we still, you know, we practice regularly for our live, uh, live show, so we're, uh, we're itching for it. Yeah. Well, you know, you talk about Mike being the guitar player. I mean, it seems like all of you kind of were good friends with each other, knew each other from when you were kids, and you guys were in bands together before this one. Uh, we were in one band together, yeah, um, back when we were in high school, and uh, it was the same type of music, just more raw, obviously. Um, you know, I didn't have the technology that I have now. I had basically one massive heavy synthesizer. Um, but yeah, we were doing pretty much played the blueprint um, in high school because the songwriting is not very different, to be honest with you. Even though tours have passed, we kind of picked up right where we left off. That's a great thing. I mean, going back to that early band with some of the songs you guys were working on back then, have you ever taken any of that to use now, maybe bits and pieces of it, or, or whole songs that maybe back then you didn't feel were good enough, but now with the ability and the, you know, the change that you have, you were able to use them again? That's a great question. I think it's song number 12 on Dark Progression. It's called Gonna Die, and the lyrics are a bit sophomore because we wrote it in 89. Um... When, when we had our first band back in college and high school. Um, so Mike and I, I actually surprised Mike. We were pretty much done with Dark Progression. And I had one Sunday where I had nothing to do. And I programmed one of our old songs. Uh, it was called Gonna Die. And uh, um, I laid down the vocals because back then we had a different singer. And I sent it to Mike. And he was like, holy shit, you really want to do this? And I was like, yeah, I do. Because <laughs> um, it's, you know, it, it, you could tell it's not, uh, written with the rest of the album it sounds older um, it sounds more primitive but it has a great punk edge to it and it, it's a real banger so I was like yeah you know what let's bring that back so yeah one of the songs on this album we wrote uh, probably 30 years ago Wow, and one of what's crazy, I was going to say one of my favorite songs on the record is Gonna Die. I, I, I was going to say that in 1911 are the two songs. For some, I mean, it's a great record start to finish. Those two, for some reason, keep drawing me back over and over again. It's amazing that that song, like I said, I would never said that was like from, you know, the 90s. I would have never put that together. You know, because you were there and wrote it, but as a fan, I would have never thought that. Oh, that's cool. That's cool to hear that from, the, from your perspective. Very cool. And you know, uh, 1911... Uh, that was the first song that we wrote for this album, and it had my lowest expectations, but everybody likes it. It's great. When you say it had your lowest expectations, I mean, every songwriter has those songs where they struggle with, where they, should I use it, should I not use it, I'm not really feeling it. You know, when do you get to the point where you say, you know what, let's just go for it? I mean, do the other band members, like, you know, tinker with it or say, this is better than you think it is, let's use it? Yeah, that happens a lot. You know, everybody second-guesses themselves, and... Um, when we had finished the previous album, Wretched Things, and I wanted to start right away because I felt like we learned so much. I was like, you know, I want to start the next album right away. One Nine One One was the first song that I wrote, and I I felt like on this on um, Dark Progression, we kind of had to go for it. Like I had to try to be more melodic with my voice, um, you know, just write better and everything. So that so One Nine One One was the first song, so it was kind of like an experiment. Uh, with with our new uh, tools and our new attitude, so I guess that's why I was a little bit uh, on a personal level a little bit um, afraid of that song <laughs> uh, because I felt it was outside of our mold. But it, it ended up um, coming along really good, and I think it was what created the new mold for us and, and pushed us, you know, uh, to to do the rest of Dark Progression the way we did it. 
Nice. Now you're talking about you had a, a, a singer in the band in the early version of the other band. Uh, was singing something you were kind of forced into doing now? Or was it something that just came natural? Oh, no. It was, uh, I, I did it by, uh, what is it, default? I did it because nobody else would do it. Yeah. Um, I never did, until this band, I never wrote a lyric or did a vocal. Um, I was always the synth player. And, uh, you know, it was a very comfortable place for me. Um, we, we did when we, uh, 2017, when we formed this project, uh, Mike and I, we actually tried a couple different singers. And most of them were younger than us. Um, and they had that, like, emo edge. It was a lot of, like, you broke my heart type shit. Yeah. And that was, we knew that is not what we want. Like, and so I kept trying to tell the, the guys that we tried out, like, try it like this, do it like this, try it like this, do it like this. And finally, Mike was like, you know what, screw it, Kev, it has to be you. And I was like, oh, Jesus, no. <laughs> um, but, you know, he kept, he, he's, he is the word like yin and yang, like I'm um, high strung and wired all the time. He's the most calm, even tempered guy. And he was just like, every couple of days, he'd be like, well, you know, it should be you. And, you know, and finally I gave it a try. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, that's it. Just keep working on it. You got it. And, uh, yeah, so that's the way it happened. And then, then it came time to play our first live show. And I had never been, you know, behind a microphone. Yeah. Ever. And here I'm doing it for the first time at the age of 46. And I was like, wow, I'm going to go out there and look like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But now I love it. Now it's my favorite part of the songwriting. Now I'm like, to me, since it's secondary, I just want to write the vocal structure and the lyrics. Yeah. I think being a singer and being out there is probably one of the most difficult things to do, even for the most talented of people, because you're not behind, like I said, a synthesizer, a keyboard, a guitar, a drum set. It's just you and a microphone most of the time, and it's, and it's a hard thing for a lot of people to adapt to. It is, it is a hard thing. What I had to do is kind of develop a persona. You know what I mean? Like, I had to be like, you know, okay, when I'm out there, I'm... I'm chemical straitjacket. I'm a little bit sarcastic, a little bit uh, intimidating. I, I take on a personality, and then I kind of just act, and that seems to make it much easier. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, having a big show has always been a part of your repertoire anyway, not just the music. I mean, it's a whole visual thing. Yes. Yeah, uh, you know, I was a big Kiss fan as a kid, and um, I always thought the show was important. I always thought you had to have good music, but the show is what would pull in a new person. Like uh, somebody who wasn't expecting to, you know, they had no idea what they're going to see. So if you entertain them visually and arouse them, you know, their senses, then they're going to come back and they're going to be like, oh yeah, these songs are good too. Um, but if you just go out there and stare out the floor and play your songs, no matter how good they are, you're not going to impress people who haven't seen you before. True. I mean, like I was saying earlier, hopefully things will start picking up on the live front this year, but, I mean, what does the band do? Like, for, it's been over a year now, just about over a year, you know, the bands haven't been able to perform live. I mean, what, what have you guys done besides recording the record? I mean, like, to get people, like, to visually see the band. I mean, I know you have videos out there. Or, like, any of these, like, uh, live performances on the Internet, a possibility for the band to get out there on stage again? We did, uh, we did one live stream on New Year's, and uh, I think it came out really well. The sound was good. Everything was good. I, I got to tell you, though, it's just not the same. Yeah. No, we had like 10 people over for the live stream, and uh, it just doesn't compare to being in a room. I like to try to win over strangers. I like to read the audience. I like to feel the bass you know, deep in my chest, and it, it's just not the same. I'm, I'm really not into live streaming. I don't think we'll do it again, to be honest with you. Especially since things do seem 
seem to be headed in the right direction. So we are just fully concentrating on our live show right now. We're practicing. We're actually setting up. Uh, we just got invited to come out to Ohio to play in Buffalo. And so we're trying to set up a little tour, and we're very hopeful that it'll, you know, that things uh, as far as the pandemic uh, all work out. But yeah, other than preparing for the future, we just worked our asses off on this record. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping that we can get back out there live too. I mean, I've been watching a lot of these live streams and everything, and. You know, I remember, you know, when MP3 started coming out maybe 10, 15 years ago, and people were like, oh, you know, they'll never take over where people won't buy CDs or albums anymore, and it kind of happened. And I worry about that happening, like with live shows now, because people have been so accustomed to not going and staying home. And let's be honest, it was kind of hard to get people out before this happened, you know, so... It was. It was very yeah. hard. People, you know, were watching YouTube and, uh, you know, sitting home, and, yeah, it, it, uh, I'm hoping that we get the opposite. I'm hoping that, like, when things reopen, it's like yeah, I'm hoping that happens. I mean, are you looking to try to hook up with any like uh, bands that go on like a, on a long term tour? Or is it right now, maybe like the short two three week thing, or or the one off show is like the best opportunity for the band? Well, what we're looking at right now, like like even before this phone call, Mike and I were uh, mapping out uh, places where we know we're well liked, um, like Ohio, Buffalo, Chicago, and we're trying a, a little mini tour together, you know, just for us. I mean, is that a possibility? I mean, how difficult is it today to make something like that happen? Um, it, it is. It's difficult, but it's getting easier for us. It would have been really hard a couple years ago that we have the connections um, with being on Cleopatra Records, with having uh, our producer be a, a member of ministry, um, having opened up for Thrill Kill Cult multiple times. Like, we, we've got... We can get our foot in the door much easier now because because of the work we did over the last three or four years. Yeah, that helps. That's important. And like I said, you've worked with the same producer now for two records. Now, that can go both ways for a lot of bands because someone, people don't want to be told like what to do to tinker with their music because they feel like what they put out there is their best effort. So you kind of have to be really open to somebody else suggesting, let's change this around, let's do this, let's do that. Are you more open to other people like saying how your music should sound or is it important to have an input in it? Well, it's, it's funny because um, it worked out that, for a strange set of circumstances, uh, John, John Beckel, who we hooked up, who is our producer, he was basically one of my heroes because he was in Killing Joke. I, I, you know, I would go to the shows and see John on stage with Killing Joke, uh, with Prong, with Fear Factory, uh, and then finally with Ministry. So it's like he's been a member of every band that I've loved. So I'm much more open to... Um, you know, anything that he has to suggest because I respect him so much. Um, and we've developed a really good working relationship and, and a good friendship. I mean, we went snow tubing last. <laughs> uh, so we have a really, really, really good relationship and he's not at all pushy. He'll give a suggestion and then he wait hear what I think about it and then we go back and forth and back and forth. So it's, um, I couldn't think of a better That would be great. Was it? Was there really just one song where you just refused to budge on how it was supposed to sound? Where you just like wanted to just to put that gauntlet down and say, "I'm not budging on this one," whether you meant it or not. Just like to show that you were the boss. 
Uh, yeah, probably the one that we didn't have the same vision for at first would have been Wrecking Machine. Um, he was pushing it in a much more digital direction, uh, where I saw that we needed a good, uh, dirty guitar uh, riff uh, right up front with that bass line right up front. So I think that one we probably traded edits maybe 10, 15 times. <laughs> Sometimes he nails it on the first edit, but that one we went back and forth a lot because I, I just, I had that, that vision in mind for that song and I knew it had to be the way it ended up. Yeah. Other than that, it's usually much smoother. And when you, when you thought about putting this band together, was there a whole concept, you know, from the beginning where you said, hey, we're going to, like, you know, kind of project this image, we want to do this, sound like that. You took a unique way of, like, you know, spelling the name of the band and the records and some songs. I don't know if the sex of people would appreciate it, but, you know, everybody else kind of gets it. <laughs> but was there, like, a whole thought process, like, how you wanted the band to go? Um, you know, we, I guess it was piece by piece. At first, we really just wanted to see if we could come up with some songs. And then, you know, I, I always liked the Western shit. I always wear a cowboy hat. Um, you know, that's when, when I reconnected with Mike after 25, 27 years of not seeing each other, I had the hat on and the sunglasses. And he was like, that looks perfect. You know, that, that's perfect for a front man. And, and then we wanted to use the name Chemical Straightjacket, but it was already taken. So our friend is a graphic designer. He drew up the logo without the vowels, and that worked. It was really just, it was step by step. I cannot say that we sat down and we had a plan in the beginning, um, but each step of the way we analyzed, uh, okay, yes, that'll be our logo. Okay, yes, that's the visual uh, aesthetic that we want. Um, you know, so there is, there's planning in it, but it's, it certainly was not a big plan. It was kind of piece by piece plan. Yeah. Well, any plans for the remainder of the year? I know we're kind of just getting started in March, but is there anything that you already have lined up that you can count on, or is that kind of like you know, up in the end until we see what's happening with everything going on? The only thing that I would say right now is 100% is we do have a date to get back on stage uh, down at Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey, which is kind of one of our home venues, so it'll be a good place to you know dust off the rust, so to speak. Um, so that is definitely happening, and that's in... Uh, July, I think it's July 11th. Uh, we just booked it, so that's going to happen. Beyond that, I can't say anything definite at this moment. Uh, you know what, Kevin? I'm going to be there July 11th. Being uh, that I'm here in Staten Island, New York, I'm only a hop, skip, and a jump away. I am definitely going to be out there to see that show. And I have to tell you, before I let you go, you did an amazing job on this record. And I can pretty much count on there's going to be a new one next year, I think, or the year after that, the way you guys have been writing. So I never won't go too far in between a new straitjacket record. Oh, that's fantastic. Kevin, what a great job you did in the Dark Progression, my friend, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in July. It's going to be a great night uh, out and a great show, I'm sure. Thanks so much, Mike. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. You take care, my friend. It was great talking to you, too. All right, brother. Take care. Bye-bye. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.